0: For, for having me um, on this occasion, uh, even though I don't have any rich researcher. Actually in the 2018, 2020 MPH MBA, SOMA Scholars Program. Um, Proud to joining Hopkins, um, I worked as a military medical doctor with the Ghana Armed Forces Medical Services uh, where I'm still uh, working. Um, so during my time, uh, prior to Hopkins, I worked with the United Nations uh, Hospital in Ivory Coast, Mali. Um, it was around that time that I, I decided to uh, pursue a career in in research and management. Um, And during my time at Hopkins, uh, it was was, uh, really incredible, the kind of faculties you meet and opportunities that uh, you can have as a student in Hopkins. Uh, I always say that if, if, if you are educated in Africa and you move to a school like Hopkins, uh, you realize that that it's, uh, a different environment altogether that supports the the willingness of faculty to help and uh, and all that is, is pretty amazing. Um, so fast forward 2020, after completing my program, um, I worked with the Baltimore City Health Department as as manager uh, for COVID 19 program. Um, Needless to say that, I mean, COVID-19 didn't really allow us to graduate in person. So we did everything in Zoom after spending two years at Hopkins. Uh, but um, working with Baltimore City Health Department was also a very uh, unique experience. I had the opportunity to work with, you know, people with different backgrounds, with different personalities. And it all—it really added on to my my skills as a manager in in the public health field. Uh, So after working there for a year, um, I had to come back to Ghana to help uh, support uh, the COVID-19 efforts. So I'm currently working as a public health physician with the public health department of the 37 military hospital as a vaccine delivery and campaign advisor. I also help in maintaining data capture mechanisms and provide clinical care as well. Um, In January, I'll be working with uh, the Tony Blair Institute for uh, Global Change as the vaccine Delivery Advisor for the African Vaccine Program. Um, This is to help governments uh, build up strong structures, Uh, to help them implement uh, their vaccination uh, strategies. And hopefully uh, next year, I'll be be joining Ambulai at Hopkins to continue my passion for uh, infectious disease epidemiology. So I'll be joining uh, as a PhD student at Hopkins uh, in infectious disease epidemiology. So, what I would like to, you know, tell those currently in the program is that you know Hopkins offers you uh, a differentiating uh, experience that you know employers will be lucky to have you. And it's always important for you to realize the kind of skill sets that you're having and 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 your goals, right? You reach out to people who uh would be willing to help you shape your career um it's it's okay at this point if you really don't know what you're, you are what you want to do after graduation hopefully by third or fourth term you would you would have some clarity um, so yeah this this is sort of just an introduction for me uh hopefully subs, um, uh, I'll have the opportunity to answer questions as, as we go along. Um, so Elise, thank you for, for the opportunity.
1: Awesome, thank, thank you so much too. And now we'll hear from Dr. Albert Osei. Also, he's also one of the alumni that will give us um, a short talk as well. Do you wanna come to the front?
2: Okay, so my name is Albert um, Osei. I'm, I'm currently in my second year of internal medicine residency um, at the Medstar um, Union Memorial Hospital. I also um, finished med school in Ghana and then I uh, did some uh, two years of house job. Right after the, my house job training, I came over to uh, do my masters in public health in epidemiology and biostatistics. I was in the Soma Scholars Group for the 2017-2018 group. And um, during my MPH, I knew the plan before I came here was to do residency. So I tried my best to finish up my USMLE exams. Um, I did my step one, CK and NCS during the program. And then right after the program, um, I also wanted to like kind of beef up my CV so that I'll be more competitive for residency, especially given the fact that I train outside. So I was, again, like Vanda mentioned, this whole thing about networking, getting in touch with people, I got some good mentors when I was doing the MPH, and then some of them helped me to get in touch with people um, with a cardiology group at Hopkins. So I got a job as a postdoc um, at the Chicaroni Center at Hopkins, and I did a postdoc for two years. Within that period, I was able to publish an incredible amount of of, of papers, which kind of helped um, with my residency application. And then I applied in the second year of my postdoc, so that could move on um into residency so i think it's been a pretty um long tortures journey for me but then it's kind of paid off there are other things that i want to touch on but just this is just going to be like a brief introduction and then when we get into the specifics i'll give some more information all right thanks
1: okay thank you so much um so now we'll have questions if any of us have any questions to ask um, either um, Dr. Abdulai or Dr. Osei, we can ask them. Um...
3: We also have um, Ambalai.
1: We were able to fix that tech issue. Oh, thank God. Okay, so we have Ambalai Johnson as well. So he was having Zoom issues. I'm glad he's here now. Ambalai, could you please give us a short talk?
4: Um... First, let me just start by thanking the organizing committee for doing this is very much important to like provide a sense of direction for some of our colleagues, especially, you know, in the school of John Hopkins. Johns Hopkins is, you know, is a very renowned institution. And I always advise a student that when you have the opportunity to come at John Hopkins, try to use all your arsenals, you know, utilize a skill set, whether networking, research and thing, so that you were able to get the skill set and contribute to the global, you know, society. And Ben, Ben, I have said out, and uh, I tell you, thank you again, Ben. I hope to see you, you know, at Hawkins. Uh, so just for a quick introduction, I was born and raised in Liberia, and um, I have um, firsthand experience in terms of the challenges of health system uh, in Liberia and uh, the issue of the lack of like inadequate knowledge, like technical the expertise, health leadership has remained, you know, a potential threat to, you know, improving health system in Liberia. So, um, I'm kind of passionate about, you know, to deepen those skill sets, to, to look at mentors and, um, a relevant, uh, uh, evaluation and implementation will have to address, you know, issues to transform our country by using evidence-based intervention. So, um, uh, so, currently, my research actually focuses on integrating, you know, like mainstream global health agenda and strengthening health system by addressing underlying determinants factor. Because I come from the environmental background. So, my first degree I got in biology and chemistry and then went uh, from Kajito University, went to conference um, uh, um, University where I did environmental studies. But I'm more kind of concerned. For my background, growing in you know kind of environment, resource-constrained environment, I'm more concerned about the upstream, that is preventive mechanism. It's not just about you know providing curating. It's good for all to have medical doctors, but what can we do to prevent some of those infected diseases and strengthen the health system? That has been my you know my concern. So um, when, I came to, uh, when I came to John, when I came to John Hawkins, I was able to understand that there is an opportunity, or there are opportunities, can can I utilize in auto shopping my skill set to contribute to the global society. So what I did is I focus on two major concentration. So um, I look at the global uh, environmental sustainability and health in health system because there is an intersection right there. Because most of the time the people saying that yeah we want to prevent you know uh, uh, population health issue, but we don't know some of those resources. So by being looking at environmental issue, which is you know serious you know contribution to you know uh, population health issue, it's kind of helping to you know to utilize my skill set again, to network with professor, and to um, and to uh, uh, not just a network but also engage into research, relevant research that you know that I feel was very much important. So based upon that. Um, I decided to utilize those skill set, and I was able to network with professors. And one of the, one of the greater thing is that some of our, uh, of our colleagues, you know, sometimes people come, so John Hockey is not just about you, you know, reading the literature. It's one thing, but how can you network within your own group? So I have, you know, young younger, like, like Banda, the other guys, very smart to have all those experience, you know, that things Banda say, you know, the, some of the work experience that you have, you won't be reading in the literature, you know, in the textbook, but just learning from him, you able to utilize those skill set, major skill set to professor in order to like you know improve your skill set so that you can become a relevant uh, a, a, a candidate for the global society. So these are some of the things I did uh, based upon my networking skills and leadership, which of course I'm a former uh, president for the African Public Health Network, and I was able to use my leadership skill work with with other other guys to make sure that the institute, uh, not the institute, but uh, 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 the the network turn out to become very strong and see the red event. It's not just having an organization, but how can we bring sense to the disco? You know, identifying some of those pertinent issue or challenges that Africa is faced with, and how can we showcase some of our talent, what we have read in class, you know, like having you know, uh, a young bringing world leader were able to bring the former president of Liberia. But the to live and especially during the, during the peak of the um, of the Ebola, another Ebola about the COVID nineteen, and she was able to speak to the conscience of those young young people. You know, our our the the MPH department is like almost if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, like some percent females. So students were kind of encouraged. They were bringing their ideas and then. You see a lot of students were able to like work with the Maryland Department of COVID-19 tax force. I think Ben was one of those people, and he started to do work to contribute to ending this pandemic. So um, you know, I have a lot of things to say, but and um, but I just want to encourage, you know, uh my year here is like you know, it's not just about reading, you know, reading all your literature, reading, you know, studying the statistics, doing all those, all the technical things. It's good, it's good. You need to get the grades. But uh, my experience in order to you know to, to be why I am today was networking, to be honest with you. Get get you know get all the skill set, but network networking was very great. And so today I'm you know I'm I'm glad that I'm almost most of the professors, both in the international health department, environmental department, have networked very well. I have connection with them. So based upon that, when I graduated, I was able to, I got, uh, you know, uh, appointed position at Johns Hopkins, where in I was supporting the, the Ethiopian project coordinate to to do implementation science research and to strengthen the health system in Ethiopia. So these are some of the benefits. It was not just about, you know, what I was one of the best students, no, I was not, but, you know, it was just based on my networking skills and, you know, networking with your right colleagues. It's not just the faculty, but networking with the right the right goalies in order to like you know improve your your professional career so yeah I'll just stop here
1: yeah awesome thank Thanks. you so much Amblai. Okay, okay so now we'll just quickly move into a and a you guys can ask any questions that you have um to any of our three panelists um yeah okay Chidima please go ahead thank you my name is Chidima
3: I have a question
1: for Banda. Okay. Uh, So, Banda, I'm in the MPH MBA program. So, I'm curious. Hi. My name is Chidima. I have a question for Banda. So, Banda, I'm in the MPH MBA program. So, I'm curious did you ever um, consider going into consulting with a program after your degree? And how did it he help you, like your degree? How did it he help you in your military work? Thank you.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the. Thanks for the question. Um, so, for the first part, uh, I mean the, the MBA was more like um, was more like. A, a, a complementary degree to my MPH. Uh, I was always interested in 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 uh, say eighty percent public health and twenty percent of of MBA or management. So I really focused on epidemiology and biostatistics, um, and then supplemented it with with the MBA. The MBA it was also Um, a very interesting experience. And because I knew I would eventually end up in mainstream public health, um, I didn't really uh, go in depth with consulting. I I, I knew there were a lot of consulting clubs in in Kari, uh, but that wasn't where my interest is. And, and a consulting can be done even after you've completed your MPH MBA. So I mean for now, if I say I'm still interested in I'm still interested in consulting, you can still go ahead and 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 dive in. But it all depends on your short-term and long-term goals. So if if you are very certain that you're going to end up in a you know, consulting job, then you can you can you know. Uh, you can join some of the consulting groups. I recently spoke to one uh, alumni who is currently working with McKinsey. And, you know, what she said was that uh, being part of a consulting club doesn't really give you any edge. Um, you know, taking part in competitions uh, you know doesn't give you an age the most important thing is that you 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 have the networks um, you are very comfortable with with handling the case series and uh, you know you know the skills that you' you're bringing to the table so um yes so first of all I wasn't really interested in consulting so I wasn't part of the consulting clubs at that time and uh, how the MPH MBE has helped in my military career. I think it, it, generally it's, it has added on a lot of skills that I think it will not be utilized fully within the military, uh, uh, you know, line of work. But uh, you can also work with external organizations like what I'm currently doing. So, um, um, in, in some sort of a consulting position for uh, Tony Blair uh, Institute for Global Change. Um, so that is because of uh, my 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 academic background, and not because I'm a military person. So um, the idea for the degree is that even after I leave the military, I'll still be able to 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 market myself or i'll still be able to to be competitive in the in the job market so mph mba is a good thing if your if your goal is to go directly into consulting then yes having a little bit of experience will help you during your interview process
1: great thank you so much banda anybody else with any questions because of time we'll have to limit the number of questions so if you have one please please go right ahead yeah um, I think I'll ask Dr Albert um, I think he's still here um, Dr Albert um, as a public health um, right now I'm pursuing my public health but uh, with a medical background what would be your advice to pursue my residence or to uh, pursue a PhD what would you what, what would you advise with that what what as in what led you to do a residence instead of a PhD?
2: Um, Thanks. I think it should uh, largely be dependent on your interest and what your career goals are. Um, So for me, the reason why I wanted to go into residency after um, my MPH was that I I still enjoyed doing clinical work and I didn't want to lose my clinical skills. So, and the thing is um, you still get to do like a lot of research that's if you're still interested in research, that kind of influences your, your clinical work. So, most of the uh, research that I've been doing in cardiology was things that are like kind of related to guidelines, and it's actually been incorporated into guidelines most recently. So, just seeing your work directly influence clinical decision making, like your day to day patient interactions, and also seeing the, the, the way your, your clinical research work influences general guidelines in the United States for me it's very fulfilling and that's why I, I kept to that route. Now, if you want to do PhD, I, I'm not saying like, it's, um, it's not a good option if you want to do PhD. I know that so many people with PhDs on, on the call, but again, just focus on what your career trajectory um, looks like or what you want it to look like. For me, um, after my residency, I want to do a cardiology fellowship and I know I'll, I'll definitely do a PhD at some point. There's a, there's a, a fellowship, the fellowship program at Hopkins Um, has the cardiology fellowship program at Hopkins has a PhD component to it. And it's something that I'm interested in. So I know at some point I'll I'll be doing it. And again, that's kind of the career trajectory that I want for myself. If you feel that you want to go or stay in the academic route or academic area persistently or for the rest of your life, then you can just focus on that PhD area. But even when you go into the clinical area, there's still an opportunity for you to do some PhD work, if that's what you're interested in in the long run. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Awesome,
1: thank you so much. Any more questions? We can allow two or three more questions. Okay.
5: Uh, thank you, Dr. Albert for the answers you gave. So I'm curious about uh, pursuing uh, residency as Prof. Uh, also asked, but one thing I'm discouraged about is like, uh, people say, people tell me that you wouldn't have time for yourself. I don't know how true that is like going into residency in the United States. Like I, I know in Nigeria, the higher you go through the CADA, like you become a resident, if you become a consultant, the less time you spend in the hospitals. But I know, I, I think it should be different here and how, how how are you able to cope with life outside of your work? Thanks. Yeah, um,
2: so again, it's, it's very challenging, especially when you start in the first year. For someone like me, because I did my medical training um, outside the U.S., um, one of the things that usually is difficult for us is like um, getting a good grasp of the electronic health record system that is used here we used some um, electronic record system back home, but it wasn't as sophisticated as the ones that we have here. So the first, especially for the intern year, the first year, the first few months, it's a general struggle for everyone, okay? And that's when you do like, I, I guess most of the work um, in residency. So you, you'll be closing late, going to the hospital very early. You're kind of like the, the backbone of the residency program or the hospital. But second year gets better. So I mean, my second year now, uh, you have a lot more elective time you have a lot more free weekends in your second year and it even gets better in the third year so it's kind of a progressive course the first year is very difficult and then as you go on it gets better and it's very important that definitely you have like a very supportive um, structure around you friends family that you can always rely on and and then seek comfort from because it can get very stressful to be honest especially Um, for some of us that train outside um, with our patient interactions and then things like that. And that's why some of the uh, residency programs tend to um, limit or kind of put a a strain on the number of international medical graduates that they take because sometimes they they think that we have it um, very difficult to incorporate into the, the system. But that's not something that like, it's not a challenge that you cannot summon, yeah. But just have it at the back of your mind that, I mean, It gets difficult when you start, but then over time, things get better.
1: Thank you so much. Um, If your hand is up, could you ask your question? Yes, I just have a
3: general question for all of our panelists. I know that there are many here in the um, accelerated NPH program, the full-time program. And especially as we are approaching the end of second year, beginning third year, curious to like share tips that any of you have for those who are looking for like postdocs here at Hopkins um how they what are some key um takeaways or what worked well um for you and how to like work through the Hopkins system as a student and then transitioning onto that as a postdoc um I think this would probably be helpful too for like international students because at least it gives them that um One year transition where you can apply for the postdoc, the PhD programs, or work on the other applications that that they're interested career wise um, while still getting the additional training benefits that Hopkins have to offer.
1: Great, thanks. Um, Ambalai, Banda, does any of you want to talk to that quickly?
0: Yeah, so I I think that um, I mean Ambulai has stressed on this uh, for a while now. Um, I think that the important uh, link here is your your networks or your connections. Um, for every person that I've, I have known got into a postdoc position, it was because somebody referred them. Right. So, um, what I will suggest is that if you really want to do a postdoc, the first step is to get in touch with uh, current students uh, or current postdocs who are likely to exit their position this year. And most of the time, when they recommend you to their to their um, supervisor, it's it's most likely that you're going to get the shot. Um, so link up with people who are currently uh, in their postdocs, um, reach out to faculty. Uh, you can just go online, online in, uh, depending on which department you want to work with, um, go there, see projects that are going on, send a couple of emails around, and hopefully one of them is, is going to respond to you. And whilst you're doing that, um, always attach your CV if you can, uh, because it's very important. Uh, If you don't attach your CV, most of them may likely not respond. But once your your CV is attached and the person is interested, he will get back to you. So my my number one advice is get in touch with current postdocs. Um, Ask them when they will leave in their position or ask them if they know of any opening positions coming up very soon. That is one of the uh easy ways of getting yourself into a postdoc um, position uh if if the idea is also to get into a, a phd program um I don't think the only option is for you to do a postdoc right you could you could pick up any uh available position if it's a research uh, program manager or research associate or uh, for example in my case working with uh, Baltimore City Health Department or any organization, uh, you can do that whilst you apply for uh, permanent positions in, um, during your OPT. And another another gist is that don't limit yourself to only Hopkins. Don't limit yourself to only the Hopkins environment. Apply to different schools, apply to, you know, uh, schools in different states. Um, and, you know, most likely people who do that get more interviews and more offers than those who just want to be at Hopkins. And we all know the kind of toll that COVID-19 has had on the hiring process in, in, in uh, this renowned institution. So I think that is what I can say about that. Um, yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Amanda.
1: Um, I see Angela's hand is up.
4: Yes, uh, I think Banda said, you know, just summarizing, you know, hit the point. Uh, but I just few pieces of advice I just want to make here. If you have interest, number one, if you have interest staying in the U.S., especially those who come from Africa, I will advise you to take advantage with the, the, the postdoc. In order to do that, like what uh, uh, Banda directly said, try to network with professors. professor. There are professors who have a lot of grant. They are working on a lot of grant and a lot of projects. And by you reaching out and defining exactly what you want to do, they will definitely help you. And be very clear with them. Be honest with them. I speaking directly for those who come from, like, you know, Africa. who want to get, yeah, you know, get green card, try to stay here for some time. I will it directly. So, and what Benna said, uh, you know, don't just the yourself said to one school, I have a friend that we were uh, in the, the MPH um, class and he graduated and uh, he applied to a lot of postdoc um, uh, program year at Hopkins, but unfortunately they didn't get about him currently working at Texas. So now in Texas is doing almost everything for him, like, you know, in terms of his status and things. So try to take advantage with that, and networking play a very important role. Sometimes it might not just be you know post dot, but about by, by, by right after graduation you might get maybe a point of position just through networking. Uh, you might uh, get uh, a good job, even also of Hopkins. And if you have interest again coming to Hopkins, like doing your doctoral studies, it's easier for you to come in the school. Because here is the thing about postdoc and doctoral program at Hawkins. the professor need to know you. They don't just you know though the your CV is good, but they need to know you what are, what I are have in trust in the person, based on recommendation. So when few other professor will say, "Oh yes, I trust this particular person," it's easier for you to get you know an opportunity to utilize the skill whether you want to do PhD or you want to do your postdoc. So um, just to the point you just try to network with those professors that you feel that in Joe Hawking Porter is very easier. So you go to the faculty, where, what exactly your interest last? Go to the professor, try to reach them. They are very receptive. Talk to them and they will be able to help you. If, if Professor Egg cannot do that, he will say, okay, no, I have a student. Just like that. But you need to be honest with yourself, go with with your with your with the honest truth and and tell them exactly what you want and then we're happy. Thank you.
1: Awesome, thank you so much, Ambalai. So we can only allow two more questions and then we can announce our winners and get our prizes and then start heading out. Oh, who had the question? I was just saying that we didn't hear from the other. Families. Oh, I'm sorry, please go right ahead. <laughs>
2: um, okay, so um, I remember I used to hear networking a lot when I came to Hopkins, I'm sure I had it like 1,000 times. Everyone says networking, but then sometimes you ask yourself, like, how do you go about it? I think one of the places you can easily start is from your advisor, okay? So the postdoc job that I got right after the MPH, it was through my advisor. He's like, he was the best person to kind of advocate for me. And that's where it comes to the point where you have to develop a very good relationship with the person you're working with or your capstone or whoever your academic advisor is. So that you can give them a good impression of yourself, and they can easily reach out to someone for for you. That is one thing I'll recommend. Um, you can start from there. Now, the other thing I did was um, I used to go to the NIH website to look at those that have received big grants, especially within the Hopkins system. You can, and when you go there, you can see those that have gotten like the big arrow ones and stuff. And then you can check which department. If it's something that aligns with your interest, you can send them an email and then get to interact with them and see if um, someone would um, be able to offer you a job. Now, one thing that I will say is, especially for some of us that are coming from like Ghana and other places where you tend to be more reserved, you want to be humble and everything. When it comes to the job search, you have to be very aggressive. And I'm not not saying this to discourage you, but there'll be a lot of no's. like when when you send an application. I remember I sent in so many applications and then most of the time when they post on the website, they actually have someone in mind. It's just kind of a formalized thing that you're doing. So don't be discouraged if you get a lot of rejections from the job that you apply to. It's normal. Everyone experiences that. Sometimes you, it, it will get to the point where maybe, you know, your OPT is supposed to start, but you don't have anything planned and it can get discouraging. Always look for other alternatives. Like Banda mentioned, there are so many like job offers, like with the Baltimore City Health Department and things like that. It may not necessarily be something that you want to do like um, or uh, an interest area, but if it's getting to the point where you are hard pressed and because of visa requirements or OPT requirements, if you get something that can sustain you for a couple months, you can just stick to it. I know people that started with a job offer that they didn't really like for like one, two months and then they got a postdoc. Most of those postdoc positions are kind of tied to people leaving. So like when I was leaving my postdoc position for residency, I recommended people to get a spot. And so you just have to keep an eye on like people that you know are in the current March process, you know, um, hopefully in, in March, they get to know where they're going and then you can ask someone to put in a good word for you. The other thing that I'll also add is that no experience is wasted. I remember when I, I was um, applying for the postdoc position, I, I really wanted to go into residency as soon as possible. But then I spoke to people and they were like, oh, why do you want to go waste your time do postdoc? for two years and things like that. But I look back and I notice that everything kind of paid off because within the two years, the number of papers that I was able to publish, I'm not sure I would ever get that opportunity
0: to do that. So, if you get an opportunity to do a pull
2: that allows you to publish papers, and maybe you may show sure that your residence is delaying or something like that, don't worry. Get the papers. One day you'll be able to use it to apply for a green card and it will be worth it. Now, the last thing that I'll add is it gets very difficult, um, especially when you're preparing for the USML. I remember when I came inside the program, I spoke to people that were like, Um, You will not be able to do it. uh, There's no way you can do um, the MPH and then prepare for the USM. I understand it's very difficult to do both. But then one thing that I assured myself with is that it never gets easy. Sometimes people will think, oh, when I finish the MPH, I'll get a lot of time to study when I'm doing my work as a postdoc or something. You are never going to get that time, especially if you find yourself in a postdoc position that requires a lot of you. I had a very good um, postdoc advisor or, or mentor who can give you like a month off to go study for the USMLE. You won't get that with many people. So if you are thinking that, oh, I'll finish the NPH and then I'll get a whole year to myself to study, it may not necessarily happen. So the little effort you can make or put into your USMLE prep, just do it. And then it gets better as you go
1: along, right? Thanks. Awesome, thank you so much. Um, we can take exactly two more questions. As we are heart first, so just two more questions, and then we go. <laughs> Nana, do you want to give us your question? Can someone please pass her the mic? Oh, no, yes, no, no! I don't have questions. question oh it wasn't a question okay anybody have a question okay no questions okay so then we move on to the next section thank you so much to our three panelists.